Hey everyone, this is Isaac Maddox, and I'm the pastor of Activate Church, and this is our podcast. Remember, you can subscribe to our podcast and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. I hope this message blesses you, encourages you, builds your faith, and I hope you enjoy the message. Journal, your diary, whatever you got. Can we thank the worship team? Come on, thank these guys. Good job. Good job. Good job. Thank you. I had to fly out to Tennessee this week, hang out with my people, just get a refresher on church culture and uh, Bible culture. And uh, I had judged the South a little bit. I have to repent this morning. I'm a little bit of a West Coast cool person, as so I'm in repentance this morning. If you see tears, it's, um, I literally just, forgot. I just thought they're just nice, just uber nice people, right? How you doing, sweetie? How you doing? Well, praise the Lord. All right, all right. Just nice, right? You know, all right, all right. But, like, I mean, they, they, they don't even know I'm a Christian. And they literally say, where are you from? Where are you from? And what church do you go to? They ask you what church you go to. I'm like, that's it. New goals for this church that in a few years people are going to be talking about that in our region. Hey, what church do you go to? And it, it could be Activate, praise God, but it could be a different church. But how cool to be in a community where that's like the third question they ask you. Just, hey, where you live? Because it's your spiritual home. So they ask you, hey, where, where you live? What do you do? And what church you go to? <laughs> Come on, I like that. Are you, like, you like that? I said, do you like that? <laughs> you got to forgive me. I could be drawing a few words anyways today. Just, just checking out the future of our church and our region. I just, lots of nice people, lots of happy people, and lots of fried chicken. Amen. So I, I'm, I'm good with that. God, give us the Tennessee blessing. And, uh, but there's no place like home. I love this area, and I love this church, and I love you, and I love our people. And it was so cool flying in, just praying and getting ready for this morning. And it's uh, so good, man. And just know that we're on the rebuild. Um, church. You know, it's, you want it to be back instantly. You know, you just want, once they took the mask mandate off or however you gauge, you know, this season. Uh, Tennessee, it's hilarious. They're like, oh, they kind of forgot about COVID-19. And they're like, oh, it's still going on? We're like, well, a little bit, you know. We're just, we're just, uh, you know. I literally would tell people at the cafe yesterday, you know, at the cafe, uh, down at Leaper's, Leaper's Fork. And I said, we're flying back today to Portland. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> He literally said, I said, hey, 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 it's all right. It's like an outpost. They were like missionaries. Like, can we pray for you before you go back home? And we're like, we're just, it's just, it's just canvas. We're cool. It's good. Lots of good people. And it's cool, though, to connect with uh, different people. And some cultures, man, even in our country, feel like different countries. And uh, anyways, though, I'm just, I just, uh, I just love you. And uh, just know that we do need help. We, we do need help with Kids Church and uh, get involved if you can, even just for a short season. Uh, you know, sometimes we try to play cool. You know, and you know, just pray about it and think about it. Sometimes I don't just come out and say and go, "Hey, just so you know, we're rebuilding. Uh, churches shut down for a long time, and it messed with a lot of people. And so let's be the church. Let's get involved. Let's serve. And you already have so much. So thank you for being generous. And our church is thriving." And, um, and, uh, but yeah, just jump involved. Even if, again, kids' church doesn't have to be your jam. Uh, it just, just for a season, as, uh, as, as people come back and bring their kids, we do need your help. Um, I was, I was preparing a Father's Day message, and, uh, I usually go to David 
I was like, I need a good David message, and uh, just wasn't wasn't clicking, and um, I uh, I was cruising through just some stuff I had for uh, for Gideon. I just felt like, man, this was really uh, right where we needed to be, and I happened to be where we are in the story of Gideon getting ready to go to battle. And I thought this was just 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 perfect for uh, our church and for our dads. And I just want to say it's an honor to represent Father God. Amen. It's an honor to represent Father God. And uh, what an honor, and what an honor to have all the men in our church uh, just, just be awesome and be dads and just be full of faith this morning as you represent Father God. Amen. It's a big responsibility, but it's an honor. It's an honor. It's an honor. And to, 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 to be able to, to represent uh, not only God, but represent the family and represent um, um, his word and what he's doing. And uh, God's going to anoint you for the task. Amen. Responsibility means the ability to create a response, all right? Uh, you're welcome. I just got all kinds of stuff for you this morning, sitting on a plane for hours, coming up with just little one-liners and little zingers. Um, no, but that is true. It, it, the responsibility can be heavy, or you can see that God has anointed you to be able to create a response. And uh, so we don't run from it. We embrace it. We're excited to bring about what God's doing in this region. We're uh, just, I believe, experiencing revival and uh, it's just so cool to uh, be encouraged in church. And uh, I want to go to the book of Judges. Judges chapter, Judges chapter 6, verse 36. And we'll just cruise through this transition from Gideon's personal life to his family life to his public life. Amen? He's now dealing with the dysfunctions in his own life. He's taking on his family stuff. And then he's taking on the region. Okay? A lot of it happens not the way we preach it. You know, we preach steps, and so we take this step. Can we just thank Cher for leading worship all pregnant and beautiful and wonderful? Yeah. This was her last Sunday for a couple of weeks until, um, until we birth the baby. Okay, until, until we have our baby. <laughs> I was thinking, I was like, you know what, my wife, she was mowing the lawn right up until she gave birth. Cher, will be, Cher can work right up until she gives birth. And then I said, oh, hold on, she has to sing. She has built out, the, built out those lines. And uh, it's like there's a little something going on in the stomach areas and uh, where the baby is. And I'm just going to get right back to the Word of God. All right. Found myself out on a pasture with no direction and no compass, just digging. I dig holes, amen? That's what I do. I put my foot in my mouth so other people can feel loved. Amen. <laughs> All right. The book of Judges. And uh, just be happy. Just be happy today. Don't search for fulfillment. Just be happy. I love that. If, I love the Bible. We were talking about it as a team this morning. If, if the Bible says in Proverbs, if God is your God, uh, you just be happy. Be happy is a state of being. And I really believe that you can be happy today, uh, whatever circumstance you're in. And uh, it doesn't mean you don't have needs. It just means that you could be happy. That you could be happy. When God is your God, you can be happy. Amen. Happiness is contagious. I didn't realize how cool I had become and how jaded I'd become till I get a bunch around a bunch of fried chicken eating just just Jesus people and just helping me, just encouraging me. And just know you being here today is encouraging somebody. Your life is blessing somebody. Amen. I'm just gonna scratch my message and just talk. I mean, I'm just gonna the musings of a father. You know, a couple of years ago, God help us. <laughs> oh, that would be good for about five seconds. Let's get to the word. Let's get to the word. I want to speak this morning on roll the dice with what you have left. 
You have something left, and I want to talk about it. Amen. Who's got something left? Even if it's a little bit, you've got something left. We talked about a little bit last week. Get the app. Follow me on social media. I didn't think I'd ever say that, but you're going to see great coffee. You're going to see some chickens and a couple other things. I hate social media. Anybody hate social media? (laughs) Hey, I wish the cell phone wasn't even invented sometimes. But here we are, and the Bible says David served his generation, and uh, we got to reach people, and people are on their phones, so we're hoping to use this device of the devil for the glory of God. Amen? No, I don't know. I'm just joking. Sorry. I just, I want to, I want to, I want to use it for the glory of God. Amen? And so that's what we're trying to do, is to get the gospel into the world. That's what, that's people's worlds. And so we want to reach it, and then shut down the phones, and uh, take over from inside, Okay? You have joined a, I'm just joking. All right, all right. You know what I'm saying, though, anybody? Just sometimes. I'm, I, listen, forgive me. I came back from Tennessee. I'm just thinking of simpler times. Tractors and grass. Amen. Fried chicken and church and uh, Bibles. Amen. And, and tea, lots of iced tea. Amen. It's going to get hot here. So I brought some Tennessee weather with me this week. And so come to church, we'll have iced tea next week. We need iced tea. All right, to the Bible. Chapter 6, verse 36. So Gideon said to God, If you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said, look, I shall put a fleece of wool on the threshing floor. If there's dew on the fleece only. We, we, we know this portion of Scripture. I want you to see this as, as Gideon talking to God. He's talking to Jesus. He's talking to Jesus. He's engaging with Jesus. Engage with Jesus this morning. You need to have a personal encounter. Amen? You've got to have a personal encounter. Corporate encounter is awesome. It encourages you in your personal encounter. Verse, uh, chapter 7, verse 1. Then Gideon... And all the people who were with him rose early and encamped beside the well of Herod, so that the camp of the Midianites was on the north side of them by the hill of Morah in the valley. So they're up on this hill, and the army of the enemy is in this valley. And the Lord said to Gideon, the people who are with you are too many. Someone say too many. Too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands. It's, it's amazing because we have, we have Gideon with 32,000, right, 32,000. And he's up against 135,000. And it's interesting that God says you have too much. You have too much. Yet the, what he had was still not enough. You're going to always you're not have enough. Or at least what you think is enough. So even when you think you have enough, God's saying, oh, you're putting your faith in what you have. So I'm going to strip a little bit back to let you know that you've eliminated me from the scenario. And I want to be put back into the formula of your life. Because you don't have enough right now. And we're thinking, well, I'm going to do it when I have enough. And God says, no, I'm going to take it away from you and get you ready to say that you have enough right now. That today is the day of salvation. Amen? Amen, dads? Today's the day. Today's the day. Today's the day. You got too much for me to give the Midianites into their hands, lest Israel claim glory for itself against me, saying, My own hand has saved me. Now, therefore, proclaim in the hearing of the people. Just picture this. Just picture this as a moment. Now, go tell the people, whoever is fearful and afraid, let them turn apart and depart at once from Mount Gilead. Now, Gideon didn't know how many people were going to leave. Maybe he thought like two, right? God's like, go, tell, go let the scaredy cats go. 
And Gideon's like, that's my people. It's my tribe. It's my family. I bet there's going to be like five knuckleheads that leave. 22, the Rose Garden, Moda Center. 22,000. 22,000 of the people, and, they, and there was only 10,000 left. Amen. But the Lord said to Gideon, the people are still too many. Bring them down to the water, and I will test them for you. Then it will be that of whom I say to you, this one shall go with you, the same shall go with you. And whoever I say to you, this one shall not go with you, that shall not go. So he, he brought the people down to the water. I want you to picture this. And the Lord said to Gideon, everyone who laps from the water with his tongue, as a dog laps, you shall set apart by himself. Likewise, everyone who gets down on his knees. So we got people who are just coming into the, into the river and just going. Okay? And then we got people who are... Okay, so just so we, we get, we're all on the same page here. Okay, okay. And, and the number of those who lapped, putting their hand to their mouth, was 300. But all the rest of the people got down on their knees, do the math, 9,700, got down on their knees. They're probably pretty thirsty. They just, the Lord said to Gideon, by the 300 men who lapped, I will save you. By what you got left, I will save you. Let all the other people go, every man to his place. So the people took provisions and their trumpets in their hands. And he sent away all the rest of Israel, every man to his tent, and retained, retained, retained those 300. I want to I preach, roll the dice with what you have left. If this is your first Sunday, roll the dice is just this, this term of faith that we're using. That You don't have to be fully prepared to walk in faith. Sometimes it's just a roll the dice. The Bible says you may roll the dice, but the Lord determines how they fall. The idea is just begin to move in faith. Just, just try. Just go for it. Just, 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 just jump out. Just leap out. And, uh, and do that with what you have left because it is enough when God is a part of the situation. Amen? All right, let's pray. God, we thank you for this church. God, we thank you. Uh, just the best people and the, and the heart and the worship. God, just this morning, we thank you that we get to come and lift up your name in this place. God, I just pray that no one would see me. God, help us, Lord. But we would see you. We would see your word. God, today, we'd be forever changed because of who you are. You love us. You're for us. You've saved us. God, you are moving. And in so many ways, God, you're just starting in our lives. As old as we are, there is so much ahead of us. You are a God that keeps the best for last. And God, we thank you that your hand's upon us, you're moving in our lives, and we pray for a happiness and a joy, God, that only comes from you, Lord, to hit us, spirit, soul, and body today. And everybody said, amen, amen. So a few years ago, uh, actually right before this church, just about nine years ago, me and Carrie, Carrie and I, Carrie and I, proper English, uh, moved to Australia, but we didn't know it. We didn't know where we were going. We had no plans. Have you ever done something that you did not plan? Like, I did not plan. That was good. <laughs> you just did not. I had nothing in my, God, I don't know why God speaks. Like, he put the church in my heart before Australia. And so when my parents or anybody would ask us, we had little kids, our, 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 our Jude and Trent were just small, just babies. And uh, they would ask us, because um, we were in a season of transition, are you guys going to move? And we'd be like, no. No, this is our city. How dare you even ask me? Like, this is my people. You know, I felt called to this region. I, mean, I want to see the Northwest. I love it. It's my people. This is my tribe. I'm going to see a revival in this land. Amen? Yeah. 
It's my people. And then, um, then we moved to Australia. So I, um, <laughs> we had to make the repentance tour um, because one fateful night on New Year's Eve, my friend from Australia called. I picked up the phone call thinking we were going to talk about kangaroos and footy, amen, and uh, as you do, and uh, boomerangs and things like that. And uh, we started talking, and all of a sudden, I felt the pull. Whoo, just I, sometimes God speaks in different ways. A lot of times, it's just whoo, whoo, annoying. Just like we're go, we're Aust- Aust- Australia, like whoo, like Australia. Whoa, okay, okay, okay. Carrie was feeling it. She's like, how, "How'd the phone call with Corey go?" I'm like, "Why are you so? Why are you asking me so many questions?" She's like, "I don't know. I'm just just like something's happening right now." I'm like, "Oh, you just, yeah, 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 yeah." And so then we started the process to move to Australia. And then we had to say, sorry, Mom, we are taking the kids, your grandkids, to Australia. <laughs> I thought you said you weren't. No, no, we're going to come back and start a church. We just didn't see this coming. This wasn't a part of the plan. I don't know why God left me in the dark to make me look like an idiot, but I had a plan, God, based on prophecy and Scripture, right? <laughs> and so we started this process to go to Australia. Now, again, it's funny. You just you talk to people. You do your planning. You do your wisdom. You get your visa. You get your apply for the visa. But man, it took forever. It took forever. Carrie's filling out like this book for this like uh, work visa over there. And they kept asking us for fingerprints. I feel like every week they say, we need more fingerprints. Like more fingerprints. So you got to go down to the courthouse. You got to get fingerprints and just, uh, just more paperwork. And then they said, we need an FBI, uh, we need an FBI uh, background check on you. I'm like, an FBI background check? Now, some of you know that I was arrested for a videotape. That's a full, that's a true story. I was arrested in Tillamook County for not returning the videotape. I'm still working on forgiving them. Amen. I was booked. In, in that little county jail for a few hours. So I've got a record. I've got a record. And no one believes me. The record of it was criminal possession of rental property. So they thought like I stole like something, like a, something like, a, like a big RV or something. And I'm like, anybody I ever told, I was like, it's a videotape. They're like, <laughs> no, but seriously, what happened? There's a videotape. <laughs> what happened? It's a video. Yeah, no one believes me. So I had to walk through this like this little thing on my record because Australia wouldn't, didn't want to give a criminal any, any visas. And I'm like, well, I'm not a criminal. You know, they messed up. And you go through these processes, and you sell everything. And you, get, you have to get everything you own into these, into, these, into these suitcases. And we had a house. Do we rent it? Do we buy it? Australia, now, it wasn't like it wasn't a big deal. It was a big deal. It just wasn't what I thought. It wasn't as hard as I thought. When you start to think about a move to the other side of the planet, you, you tend to freak out a little bit. Even if you're a missionary like me and you have a lot of faith, you still look at your life and you look at seasons, it's complicated, the, right? There's layers. It's, there's a lot of idiosyncrasies that go on to some of these seasons in life. And, and that's why sometimes it's annoying when someone just gives you just one principled advice. Hey, just stay focused, Tasha. And you're like, thanks. <laughs> I, thanks. Because there's like, when 50 things are going on, when you're fighting visas and family and, and sellings and buyings and your banks and your own insecurities and you're like, you know, and, and then I got a phone call again. I was going to be uh, the executive pastor over there and then the youth pastor kind of fell morally and, uh, well, not kind of, but he did. And so then he, I was going to be the youth pastor and I'm like, oh man, I was looking forward to just going to conferences and overseeing a few small groups, traveling through Australia and they had hundreds of young people and now they're down to 17 and I'm like, you want me to come and youth pastor over 17 young people, right? 
Like, I'm too big of a deal for that. No, I was like, um, I'm retired, right? You want me to come out of retirement? And that's a weird job description. The other one, you can't be fired because it's all in the senior pastor. If I'm the youth pastor and I lose and I take the 17 and get it down to one, maybe I'm done, right? It's like, well, it didn't work. All right, go back to the States. Good luck. It was a lot more stressful. And you don't hit all this. This is life. This is all. And so when someone's like, hey, how's your prayer life? You're like, oh, really, though? That's what you're going to ask me? Because I'm stressed out about moving to Australia. How's my prayer life? You know, how's your, are you focused? Do you have faith? And you're just like, it's more complicated than that. Is There's a few more things going on than some cute little advice that you're giving me. I appreciate the help. But when you're fighting multiple battles, it's difficult when you're fighting personal battles and you're fighting family battles and you're fighting regional battles, when you're fighting stuff in you and in them and in your kids and in your church and in your family and you're helping you out and you're helping your dad out and you're trying, and there's just, there's a multiplicity of fronts. You can start to think and know that you don't have enough. And the truth of it is you don't have enough. I don't have what it takes to get a visa and to pass an FBI background check and go to another country and go to another church and go to another country and, and culture and, and do what I need to do with houses and cars. And I said, what's your car going to be? We didn't have a car. Well, how are you going to get your kids to school? I don't have any idea. There's a measure of faith that you go, oh, no. And you begin to talk yourself out of it. And you go, do I even have faith? This is Gideon. Gideon is fighting multiple fronts, and it's complicated, and he doesn't have what it takes. But today, I really believe that you're going to not just look in the natural that what you have, because when I look back, I go, you know what? I didn't need as much as I needed, and it wasn't as hard as I thought. Getting married wasn't as hard as I thought. Buying houses wasn't as hard as I thought. Going to the DMV wasn't as hard as I thought. You know when you wake up, you're like, I got to get my life. I got to go down. And, and then you go down, and you get in line, and you're like, okay, there you go, and 30 bucks, okay, and you get your tabs, and you're like, well, that wasn't a big deal. Why was I stressing out all week long? It's not as big as it seems. It's not as big as it feels. And you don't need as much as you think. And when you start to say, hold on, am I looking at this through only natural eyes that I got to save my dad, and I got to save this region, and I got to get here, and I got to do, and I got to, and I got to. And God says, I want you to put, not that you can't steward or not take care of things in the natural, but you're called to do that. You are called to do that. But you're not called to get stuck and put your faith in that. I want you to put me back into the formula. I want you to put me back into the situation because you serve a God of miracles. Amen. You serve a God that he is the ultimate X factor. So put me back into your prayer and put me back into the fact that I can do all things and with God all things are possible. Begin to put possibility back into your faith that God is on your side and anything can happen and it probably will because you only got to where you got anyways because of God the only reason you're saved is because of God the only reason I'm not in prison is because of God the only reason I'm not dead is because of God and so when I begin to give him all of the glory I begin to see him back in my situation and though it's complicated it's real no one says it's not real Gideon you're up against 135,000 of the most ferocious, hate you, want to take your head off kind of people. It's real. It's not that it's not real. It's not that it's not complicated. It's just that 
It's just that you do not need as much as you think you need. And you're looking at everything only through financial eyes. Only through resource eyes. Only through the natural. And I get it. I get it. It's real. Because the tension's real. Isn't it real? It's real. It's when you're, I mean, there's nothing more real than the fight that you're in. It's real. It's with the, 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 the emotion and the weight that you feel. Dads, it's real. I'm here to tell you, it's real. Oh, the pain of love and life and money and the weight that we carry in our families is real. What Gideon was feeling was real, that God's called me to take out an army of 135,000 people. And God's saying, you don't need to, to have what you think you think you need to have. You don't need it. You don't need it. You don't, it's not that I won't give it to you one day. It's that right here, right now, you don't need what you think you need. You don't. You don't. Put me back into the formula. I'm a God that can move hearts. I'm a God that can open doors. Come on. I'm a God that can, ch- I'm a God that, this didn't sneak up. I'm God. I'm God. I'm God. I'm God besides me. There is no other. Put your faith back. Quit, quit calculating everything by your bank account or by your feelings or by your house or by the weather or by your region. I'm God and I'm with you. I want you to put me back into the formula. You don't need what you think you need. You don't think what you, it's not that I don't want you to lose weight. It's not that I don't want you to get healthy. It's not that I don't want to give you some friends. It's not that I don't want to move you to a bigger house. In order to do that, you do not need to get that to prepare for me to move. God said, I'm ready to move today. You don't, you don't need what you think you need. And it's not going to be as hard as you think it's going to be. Because you look back, you look back. 15 fingerprints, 20 fingerprints. And you're just like, is this ever going to happen? You're waiting in line. Is this ever going to happen? Is this, come on, God. Is this? And then, bam. That's God moves. God moves. You don't, you, don't, you don't need what you think you need. God's hand is on this. Are you in a situation? Are you in a situation where, like, it's crazy, but it's like you know that God's in it? I mean, there's some situations. I mean, I, whatever happened with our move to Australia, I knew God was in it. It's crazy. What are you guys doing? I don't know. I just got, you know, I just got, I just, but I know that God's in it. I know that God is in it. That is faith. What are you doing? You're going up against 135,000 people with 32,000 people. I, I know. That's, that's who God gave us. It's gonna, it's, God's gave me the word. Like, it's complicated. But what's your strategy to take out the minutes? I don't know yet. Really? Yeah, that's why it's so personal. I don't know yet, but I do know. I do know. I do know that God is with me. There's one thing I do know, that God is with me. That, that goes afar. That, 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 that is really that sometimes all you need, especially with, with where you're at in this season, to start. Just You know, I don't, I don't really know. I do have a couple of things. We've got a couple of ideas. But I do know. I do know that I am where I'm at, and God is with me. I know he's with me. The situation's crazy, but I know that God's with me. I know that he's in control. I'm convinced that he's in, you will not be able to get where you need to go if you're not convinced that God's in control. He's in control. I, I can't always explain it, but he has an unconventional plan. He, he has a unique strategy, but I, I, I'm in a tough situation. I can't explain it. I can't defend it, but I, will know, I do know, and I'm convinced that God is in this situation. And I know that God is with me. He's in this situation. He's going to help me. I don't know exactly what's going to happen. It's a little scary if I'm to be honest, 
But I knew know that God is with me. And knowing that God is with you and knowing that God is in this situation all comes from the personal encounter. That's why it's so important not just to have a quiet time or a prayer time or a worship time just to be cute or just to do something to kind of go through the, the motions. You know, it is, it is important to even stand here today and even between the songs and say Jesus is in control. Even just out of your mouth to praise him and say, God, you're for me. This is how I'm going to fight my battles. It, don't let the enemy condemn you. You've been fighting all week just because you need to get filled back up. Yeah, you need to get filled back up because you've been fighting some battles all week. And I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but this is how I fight. And so I'm going to sit here and it's just even the name of Jesus is going to begin to allow me to get back some authority that some life took from me and, and, and some lies and some fear. And I know he's with me. And it all comes out of that personal encounter. That's why you, your future, your family, your, 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 your church, your, you, you need that personal encounter so when you're up against it and you don't know exactly what's happening, you're not just going to fake it, but you know deep down inside of you, I don't know, I, but I've, en- I've encountered God and my faith is in God and I want to know God. I don't know everything, but I do. I think I'm starting to know God. <laughs> I think I'm starting to know God because you're standing between two realities and you start to notice You'll start to notice. Are you talking a little different, Gideon? Are you talking a little bit? When you talk, it's based on what you hear. That's what we learn English is you, is you hear it, you hear it, you hear it, and you start to mimic it, you start to talk it. And so when you start to talk faith, it's because you've been hearing word. It's because you've been hearing a different thing. And so you don't even understand it, but you're just talking a little different. You're talking to God a little different. You're talking to your spouse. You know, have you noticed? You don't even understand it fully. You don't even understand. But you start to just say things. Like even, even me getting up here, and usually I'm like, hey, it's tough to be a father. You know, it's really, I have a heavy burden of being a father. It's true. But I just felt faith today to say, hey, what an honor to represent Father God. What an honor. See, some, there's just little idiosyncrasies, just little, just little sometimes. Is it fake? I don't know. But I've been hanging out with my Tennessee brothers, and I just feel a little bit more faith to just proclaim what God's put in my heart. If it's not real, then go get it. But when it is real, I'm not going to be afraid to say, you know what? What an honor to our dads at Activate Church to represent in this region what fatherhood is and what Father God is all about. I just see God raising up dads in this region. You'll start to notice just a little change in the way you talk. It's because you've been hearing something different. And so Gideon is between, I wish I had time to preach the fullness of the tension. Because he's in this very real tension. You are in a very real tension of 32,000 versus 135,000. If you feel your bank account is 32,000 versus 135,000, that's okay. That's, right, that's exactly what Gideon felt. If you feel that way in your soul or with your friends or with your family, you are right where you need to be if you feel the ratio of 32 to 135. I don't even know what that is. I do know a little lower math where Joshua and Caleb was two against ten. For some reason, that is the way it is. Because most people live with hindsight. And most people at the end of their life go, sorry, Joshua and Caleb, should have been there for you. Too late. It's too late if you're fighting battles. It's not too late if you're just on the, the cruise of life. If you're on the cruise, it's all good. Hey, sorry about that end of our lives. Hey, sorry, babe. Wish I could have been the man. You know, I felt some things from God. But anyways, I guess it'll all be good. We'll all get to heaven. Like, okay, that's fine. But if you're fighting battles, if God's called you to fight some battles, you need to know it's going to about be 32 to 135. And so Gideon's in the tension of, okay, 32 is still not enough. I'm up against 135. 
Now, they didn't know this math. This math was done afterwards, and I can show you in the book of Judges. We're just trying to get to the point here quick. What they saw was just an ocean of people that want to kill them. Okay? They're up on the sail, and they're looking down. And you got 32,000 people. He's in the tension. He's in the tension of knowing some things but not knowing everything. He's, he's, he's going off this faith that God's done. He, God pulled me out of the wine press. Well, how are we going to kill these people? I don't know, right? I don't know. I do know I am where I'm supposed to be. I do know that God pulled me out of the wine press. And God had me tear down the, prof, the, the, the altar of Baal in my family and, and, and build an altar to God. I, I know that God, I, I, I had this, this, this prayer life now with God, and I was doing some fleeces and some things, and God showed up. I just know, I do know that. I do know that, that God's in it. God's with me. I'm starting to talk a little bit. Here's the journey of Gideon. In his victory, he's standing between the tension. He's standing between the tension of what's out there and what's in here. Because what's in here isn't always out there. I feel God moving in my heart. I feel like loving people. I feel like preaching the gospel. But out there, it's dark and it's scary. In here, man, I wish I could just love everybody. I don't always love everybody. I wish I could get along with everybody. I don't. But out there, and there's two tensions. There's two Realities. This is what I want my family to look like. This is what God has put in my heart for my family and for my, for my community. And then there's what's out there. You're all standing between two realities, two tensions of what, how you feel and how your wife feels. The way you see something, the way she sees. There's two tensions. And as fathers, we have to, we have to stand between the tension. It's taken everything for me to be here. Do you feel like it has taken everything for you to be here? Have you fought? You've forgiven. You've loved. You've dealt with some things in your life. And you tried to help your family. And you've rallied an army of people. And you poured into people. And you were their strength. And when they didn't have any strength, I feel like Celine Dion songs are coming in my head right now. <laughs> Was your strength when I couldn't? I just when I stood for I stood with you. I stood for I like I, no one else was there, and I showed up and helped you move. Like you know, you, that's just Gideon. He's like he's got out of the wine press. Nobody else did. He took down the, the. No one else would tear down, tear down that thing in the family, and I did it. And I got the first degree in my family, and I I got the first vacation house and brought everybody together, and everybody said thank you. And it's fine, it's good, I'm glad, it's happy to pay for it. Rally people. This is where he's at. And now God says, I want you to say something. I want you to speak something. It always starts with that. It always starts with the word. Is there, is there a church in the Northwest that'll stand and preach the gospel and worship unashamed? unafraid. It works. It always works. Eventually there'll be the tension of it's not working. It's weird. It's crazy. This is Gideon. He's in the tension. I want you to go up to the 32,000 people that you've rallied, that you have gathered, that you have fought for. I want you to look at them and say, if you're afraid, you can go home. I want you to say something that they might need that's going to pull from what you need. I want you to give them what they need. And it's going to take from what you need. 
Because when you're going into battle, you need numbers. You need resource. We're barely hanging on with 32,000. And God's telling me, give them what they need. You want me to love them and pour into them? And it, 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 in a way, it affects me where it pulls from what I actually need. I want you to begin to lead and father and give them what they need. But simultaneously, it's going to take away what you need. Because what they needed and what Gideon needed was two different things. And that's what's difficult about the tension that we lead in. Is I'm going to give you what you need. If you're afraid, go home. And I don't mean that in a weird way. Like when I tell my wife I'm going to go golfing, and she goes, fine, go for it. I'm like, am I going to pay for this later? You really want me to go? Is that okay? Do I got to go? Sure. You sure? No, go. I'm going to give you what you need. And it's going to, at 22, he didn't know. He didn't know how it was going to affect him. See, when you show up and you leave a message on forgiveness, and you go to forgive someone, you go to love someone, and you, and you go give them what they need, you have no idea sometimes. They look back at you and go, well, finally. Oh. <clears throat> it took everything for me to show up and give you what you need. And you're going to say that to me? And so I'm going to give you what you need. And you're just, it's going to pull from what I need. <laughs> I don't think he saw 22,000 people leaving. I think, he's, I, think he, I think he saw some. But when 22,000 of his men that said, I'm with you, I love you, thank you, someone's going to do something about this, finally. And I bet you, man, old school armies, they, they sang, they clapped, they worshiped, they, they, and then the moment that Gideon gives them what they need, they, 22,000 said, okay, thank you, thank you. Gideon had to watch 22,000 people leave him. They didn't just leave the battlefield, they left him because he rallied them. Gideon had the strength to hug him as they went home. It's okay, I love you. I know, I know, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, get home. Tell Sarah hi. Yeah, no, it's okay, man, I know, I know. (laughs) 22,000. Gideon spoke it. So I'm going to let you make your decision. I'm I'm going to love you when you hurt me. I'm going to lead you while you turn your back on me. But you know what? I don't even know if that's the hardest thing. To, 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 to love someone and to forgive someone and to, and to give someone what they need. I, I think the hardest thing is, man, you, you left so quick. You, you, how, how, it, I don't think it, 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 I love you. you do what you need to do. I'm going to let you do what you need to do. But it's, how come you couldn't love me back? I don't think it's difficult to forgive people and love people. I just think sometimes it's like, why is it so hard to love me? <laughs> I, I think that's the hardest part. How, how come you can't forgive me? I did everything I did to come to this coffee and say, I forgive you. And you just had the audacity to walk out of here and not forgive me. Like, am I that hard to love? <laughs> I think that's the hardest part is when you don't get what you give. When you give forgiveness and you give faith and you give love and you give, and because it's not like Gideon wasn't dealing with the same thing they were dealing with. When you read on in Scripture, it, it says that, that, that in Judges chapter 7 to Gideon, but if you are afraid to go down, this is after all of this, go down to the camp 
with your servant, and you shall hear what the enemy says, and afterwards your hands shall be strengthened to go down to the camp. Then it says, then he went down. <laughs> God says, if you're also afraid, Gideon, you go down. And Gideon's like, I'm a little bit afraid. See, that's the hardest part. Is that I'm dealing with the same thing you're dealing with. But I'm standing on the word of God, and I'm loving you, and I'm letting you go, and I'm giving to you, but I'm not getting what I'm giving. And when you're not getting what you're giving, it'll stop you. But today is the day, I believe, for the men and some fathers and some leaders and some moms to say, I'm not going to let when I don't get what I give stop me ever again. I'm going to give and give and give and pray and read and get. I'm going to love. I'm going to preach. I'm going to stand, whether it kills me or I got nothing left I'm not going down afraid I'm going down with faith and if I gotta keep giving and not getting I'm not gonna let it stop me from giving I'm gonna give oh I see Gideon just so different letting 22,000 of his friends leave and he lets them and he lets them see God didn't tell him Okay, the strategy. He didn't say, I'm trying to get down to 300. He said, just let the 32,000 know. If there's anybody afraid, let them go. See, all you have is word. You don't know. You don't know how it's going to play out. No one said 22,000 were going to leave on their own free choice. Of course, God knew, but he didn't tell Gideon. So Gideon lets him go. Giving you life. Pouring in. Do you even see me? That's the hard part of fathering. That's the hard part of leadership. Is I ask you all the time how you're doing. You don't ask me how I'm doing. And yet we're both dealing with the same insecurities. (laughs) It's not loving you as hard. It's just. Wish you could. Love me. You get everything together, and it's still a long shot. <laughs> You're still feeling, it's taken everything I got to get here. And it's still 32 to 135. <laughs> and then something big happens, something personal happens. This is how it happens. The big one is people leaving you and not staying. And God says, I want you to obey my word. I want you to obey my word but it's going to always impact you first at a loss. You're going to preach, it's going to feel like a loss. You're going to fight for something in your family, it's going to feel like a loss. It's going to feel like a loss. It's going to feel like it's not working. You're going to fight the what could have happened. This is going to be the, this is, I think, when you give and don't get what you give, that's number one. You're going to then be tormented by the what could have happened. And that's Okay. What it could have been with those 32,000 people. It's okay with 300. That's cool. He doesn't know this yet, but how awesome would it have been for 32,000? 32,000. It's just the idea of like a stadium full of men versus a a room full of men. (laughs) I love both, but man, there's nothing like a stadium full, like a Jesus chant. You've been in a Jesus chant with 32,000 people. You just feel like you can just take on the devil himself. You're just like, let's go get that loan, babe. Let's move to Australia. 300. That's cool. Not as, I mean, 
You're going to be fighting what could have been, what could have been, what could have been, what could have been. God would have been nice. So-and-so would have been here. I really thought, really? You're leaving? Let him go. Love you. Tell the kids hi. Okay. What could have been? Because we're both dealing with fear. I don't mind leading and forgiving and loving. I just didn't know it was going to be this lonely. <laughs> I, I didn't see this loneliness. True. And so you'll always be hooked on people leaving you when you feel lonely. It's all you see. And so you got to let it go. Because God's trying to do something. Don't let my faith fool you. I'm dealing with the same thing you're dealing with. <laughs> Don't let this smile fool you sometimes. I just feel just as insecure. Don't let this stage fool you. Don't let the stage fool. They're fighting the same insecurity. They're fighting the same, they're fighting the same fear. Gideon was fighting the same thing. And God was good enough to say, because you had faith in your fear, I'm going to do something for your faith. I know you're afraid, and if you're afraid, I want to hook you up, and I want you to hear what the enemy's saying about you, and it's going to give you faith. If Gideon didn't have faith, the voice of the enemy wouldn't have given him faith, but God said, it's okay that you got a little bit of fear. It's the fact that you're moving on faith and not fear. I'm dealing with it also. I'm walking in faith in my fear. I gotta be strong in my situation and love you and yours. That's fathering, being a dad when I didn't have a dad, forgiving my dad, loving my dad while being a dad, leading into the unknown, doing what I've never, I've never seen it, I've never seen this before, I've never done this before, I've never had a model before. What you're doing, men, what you're doing, parents and leaders, is something that's never been done before. You're loving and you're forgiving and you're leading and you're raising kids and you're, and you're also loving your parents and you're loving people around you that are pulling from you. You're leading them and you're leading yourself and you're saying, ma'am, I just stuff, it's tough. Stuff. And God never told him how just he just he just promised victory. And he just promises his word. Loving my dad, while loving and forgiving my dad, and loving my dad while he's not loving me. And being a dad. <laughs> I'm loving you while you're not loving me, and I'm loving everyone around me. That's what you're up against. Or else you can be bitter and run home. Or you can stand. I said, this is how I fight my battles. I feel called. Now, I'm not gonna stop by just pat, pat myself. I'm not gonna get a, a bunch of, get around a bunch of people that just got out of the wine press and stop and, can, and join a small group of, well, we got out of the wine press, yay. No, 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 no. I got out for my family. I'm pulling my family out pull my family out. I'm, I'm, I'm going to pull together some people and we're going to take on this city. We're going to take on the schools. We're going to take on the community. We're going to take on the culture. We're going to establish a kingdom. I'm going to establish it in my family. I'm not stopping it. What God has done in me is for the world. What God has done in me is for my neighbor. Gideon wouldn't be stopped. He wouldn't be stopped. If you leave me, fine. If you got to go, fine. 
That just means my miracle is going to be bigger. If you can't stand with me, fine. I hope to see you soon. I don't hate you. I love you. But I got to let you go. I cannot let what you're doing stop me from what I need to do. I cannot let you leaving me keep me from what I need to do. I, I, I cannot. I will not stop. I will not let, let anybody is doing keep me from not doing what God's called me to do. I got to keep moving. It just means my miracle is going to be bigger. Fathering is this. <laughs> Fathering is here's direction, strong leadership. I'm going to let you make your decisions. I choose you when you don't choose me. I'm going to let you make your own decisions while loving you. I'm going to let you make some bad decisions. But I'm also going to tell you why you made those bad decisions. That's fear. I love it. He lets them go, but they know why they left. <laughs> That's the difference between dysfunction and function. Hey, you're leaving because of fear. I love you. But I need to let you know the reason you're leaving is because of fear. <laughs> the reason you're making this bad decision is because more loneliness. So he's down from 32,000 to 10,000. The closer you get to the miracle, the lonelier it feels. And we were on the precipice of just great things in Australia. And we're sitting on a plane with two kids with peed up diapers because it's an 18-hour flight. That is lonely. I'm on a different aisle with Trent. Carries a Jew two aisles back. And I didn't know this, but God had me right where he wanted me. you get to miracles the more it feels like it's just you and God <laughs> God says I'm speaking to you I'm filling you I'm working in you I'm doing something and you need the word like you've never needed it it's not for cute it's not for fun it's for survival <laughs> and God says okay you still got too much God, stop. <laughs> stop. Stop. When's this going to end? He goes, okay, I want you to take the 10,000. I don't want you to go down to the creek. You know the story. Just imagine that, though. Because, see, this is the tough part. You have to learn to let people make their decisions. You cannot control people. So Gideon says, you need to do what you need to do. It's on you. It's on you. But this one, this one was a bit more fatherly and pastoral because the man who made it through the 22,000 people leaving, the 10,000 were pretty awesome. 20, they watched 22,000 of their friends and family leave and they stood. We're with you, Gideon. Thanks, man. That 10,000 must have felt like the last five of The Bachelorette. You know what I'm saying? Sorry, wrong metaphor. It must have felt like a baseball team in the World Series. They've been through the playoffs. I mean, this 10,000 have been through the playoffs. They've been through some stuff. It's the 10,000. Woo, 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 woo. They probably have some 10,000 chance. We're thirsty. Let's get some water before we go into battle. Let's go. Woo. And Gideon's like, come here. 
I gotta let you go. That dude didn't want to leave. <sighs> Fathering's two things, leadership's two things. I gotta let you make your decisions, and sometimes I gotta make some decisions for you. <sighs> this is deep. That's the tension. It's when do I let you do what you need to do? And when do I step in? I'm not going to let you do that. You're not coming with me. And I don't know what's harder, loving people who leave you or loving people you have to move, loving people you have to shift, loving people you have to correct, loving people you have to say, because of your behavior, I, I, I need to make a shift and a move for me. Jesus, Jesus. It says that he retained 300. I love that word because it just means the balance between sovereignty and free choice. It means what you got left. What you got left isn't all God. God didn't say, I need 300. <laughs> he said, we're going to let some people choose. You got to choose. You got to lead. But they got to, they, you got to forgive. They might not forgive. You got to bring the family together. They might not want to bring together. This is the tension of life. But it's also the hope that we have that God is so sovereign above what people choose and don't choose that God said whatever's left, whatever's retained, whatever's in your hand, that's what I'm going to do. If they're going to leave you, that's all right. I know it hurts. If they're going to go, let them go. I know you can't control. You're going to learn to stand. I know you're just as scared as them, and it's just as hard for you. But if you'll stand on my word, I'm telling you, I'm God, and I'll bless what's left. I'll bless what you got. Doesn't matter who leaves or who loves you or what they say. If you stand on my word, Gideon, if it's just you and me, we'll go down there together and defeat the enemy. What you got left? And it says, between free choice and sovereignty, what was retained was 300. And what he had left, God said, I will use what you have left. But you have got, you have got to forget what you've lost. Because if you look at what you're lost, if you look at what you've lost, you will not see what's left. And I'm telling you this morning, dads, moms, leaders, I'm tired of not seeing what I got left. I have got to. It's tough. It is tough. Could you imagine going from 32,000, 32,000, and you've lost 31,700? Do you feel like you've lost 31,700 today? And you got to focus on the 300? And God said, I want you to focus on the 300. I want you to see what you got. I want. I don't care if it's the breath in your lungs or the health, and you're. I don't. I don't care. But I'm done. I'm done. Where's my Gideon's? I'm done being robbed of focusing on what I've lost. My God is bigger, and He said, "I only need 300. I only need 300. I only need what you got. What do you got? You got something. You've got something left. I'm telling you, there is some bit of hope, or some bit of faith, or some bit of worship. There's some bit of fight." in you today that says I got something left I've got something left and God said that's all I need that's all I need 
I don't care if it's a net. I don't care, Moses, if you can barely use any words. I got it, I can't use my mouth, I stutter. God says, you got a few words left. I love Moses' faith because he said, I stutter. God said, that's okay. I just need a few things left that you got. I am going to anoint what you got left. I'm going to anoint what you got left. I'm gonna use what you've got left. Let it go, let it go, let it go, let it go, let it go. You don't need it. God said, I don't need what you've lost to bless you. I'm gonna use what you got left. I'm gonna use what you got left. Church, faith is coming to your life today. Dads, moms, parents, leaders, God's about to anoint what you got left, what you got in your hands now. Now you're going into battle and you are going to defeat the enemy in the name.
voices, guys. It may look like I'm surrounded. It may look like I'm surrounded. Yeah, just sing that out. It, it may look like it may look I'm, like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's for you. It may look like I'm surrounded, Jesus. but I'm surrounded by you. You're surrounded by Jesus. It may look you're surrounded like by I'm faith. Surrounded, but I'm surrounded Dad, you're not gonna fail. You're not gonna fail. It may look like you're surrounded, but you're surrounded by Jesus. You're surrounded by other men. You're surrounded by the word. You're surrounded. You're surrounded by faith. You're surrounded. Your faith is about to switch. It, you don't have to get rid of the fear in order to have faith. It's a perspective. It's a shift. And you're about to shift right now. You're about to shift right now. If you're about to shift right now, just, just put your hands up or put them out or come down here for some prayer. But you're about to shift right now in faith. In faith. In faith. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Jesus, we thank you for every family in this room. We ask you to fill up, fill up every dad, bless every man. I just pray this faith from Gideon, a very real, a very real faith will hit the men and the fathers in this room. We honor you. We love you. We believe for you. Your perspective is shifting. Your perspective is shifting this morning. You're surrounded, but you're now about to be surrounded by something else, says the Lord. You've been surrounded. You've been surrounded. Oh, you've been surrounded. You've stood. You've stood. You've allowed people to take. You've allowed people to take. You've stood strong. God's about to pour into you. He's about to fill you. He's about to bless you in your faithfulness. He's just, he's just begun to bless you, says the Lord. In the name, in the name, in the name, in the name. I see fresh wisdom. I see fresh grace. I see fresh authority. I see words in your mouth. I see a knowing and we break and we break and we break and we break the thing oh we break the thing that man has put on you that people have put on you in the name of jesus now 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 god we thank you that your hand is upon every man in this room lord to walk to walk in faith in jesus name Hey, the team's going to sing this one more time. If you need some prayer, come on up here. We love you. Thank you, dads, for coming up. Thank you for coming to church. Dads, we love you. We love you so much. If you need some prayer, come on up here. 